Welcome to episode 11 of Reach For More. I'm your host, Veronica Summer, and you have come to the place to feel amazing about yourself, be more confident, and love your life. Visit summertalent.com for personal mentorings, guided meditations, and body-mind workshops. Today's topic is stay present in calm and challenging times. And joining us today is Anisha van Gunten. She is the founder of Living Your Quest. She's a certified coach, holistic counselor, breathwork therapist and facilitator and has been one of my dearest friends for years. She supports people who want to overcome difficult life experiences and related emotions with several holistic techniques, one of them being breathwork. She furthermore accompanies humans who want to manifest inner and outer changes and are longing for more balance, self-awareness and freedom in their life. She was willing to be a guest on my podcast today, and I'm so thankful that she is here with us today. Thank you, Anisha, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Veronica. We worked back uh, together in, in Switzerland quite a while ago. I think it's been seven, eight years now. And we both kind of went out and explored the world after... Um, we both quit our, our jobs there. And I ended up in Tyrol after traveling the world with my band. And uh, for the last two years, Anisha has been spending a lot of time in Bali. So welcome, dear Anisha, to today's podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself before we get started and dive into today's topic? I'm more than happy to do so. Thank you very much, Veronica, for your beautiful introduction. Uh, it's actually really quite a long time ago since we worked together. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm Swiss. I have birthday very soon, so I'm going to be 43. And I have worked in the corporate world for almost two decades. And in 2017, I went traveling for around four or five months. And I definitely decided it's time to realign my life completely and to follow my calling to step out of my comfort zone. And one of my greatest passion has always been to work with people, to inspire and motivate them, to recognize and help them develop their potential. And this resulted in further trainings in systemic coaching and adult education when I was still working in the corporates. And I also have experienced quite some personal challenging challenges myself throughout my life, um, especially the year I turned 30. I burned out and had physical issues to deal with on top. Very, very tough time and a big uh, wake-up call on all levels, like mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And that was also the moment I decided to dive into various spiritual traditions, teachings, and practices. And in recent years, my focus has therefore been on holistic trainings and retreats. Uh, and this form of process work has proven to me how essential alternative self-regulation and healing me methods actually are for us. I have some experience with more classical therapy, talking therapy in my teenage years. And the moment I started to work with myself in a more holistic way, my whole world changed, like not just the outside world, but really also my inside world. And I was a big... Um, wake up again so and especially also because I did this training in biodynamic breath work 
My interest is increasingly focusing on current findings from stress research and trauma therapy because uh, there is also like, except the fact that we have the this crisis going on now and the whole world is in a lockdown, that um, anxiety, depression, stress is definitely on the rise globally. That's also uh, something you can see in many, many, many countries. Yeah, I would say that's about it. That is so, so beautiful. And thank you for sharing your story. And I think you're absolutely right with depression rising. And isn't it kind of strange that everybody was so stressed and then 2020 came and we had all these huge expectations. And I mean, currently we have 42 million uh, people that, that uh, have severe depression in the world. And most of them are, is, is because they're burnt out with their life and they don't have actually time to, you know, deal with themselves and really look on the inside. And now we're dealing with a situation that actually gives us exactly that. We have this time to look on the inside and not look on the outside. And it's, it's kind of strange that it's, freaking out people even more it's of course it's creating all this fear and anxiety but in a way it is also um what many people needed is to have a calm down and have some times with their selves um and that's just my personal opinion but i think that it might it, it can be a blessing in a way i think to a lot of people who have had issues and on the other hand it can also be very difficult for people that have uh, severe anxiety issues and fear issues to now be locked up even more um well anyway to get started with our topic, of course, the COVID-19 has spread all over the world and a lot of countries are in a complete lockdown. Airports and borders are closed and people are forced to stay at home. And the entire world has changed within weeks. What seemed so impossible only a few months ago is now reality. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. And I've, I've talked about this a little bit. Um, the situation in Austria is starting to calm down a little bit, um, just because we're we're you know the numbers are under control. If if you can trust those numbers, um, and we're doing, I think we're doing pretty good. I mean, we have a good social system here. We have a good healthcare system. People are being protected on a, on a finance from a financial perspective and also from a health perspective. So right now the numbers are stable and we're going to be in this lockdown until the end of April. And in, in some way we're all in the same boat in the entire world, but on the other hand, we aren't because situations are different in, in every country. So I think that is also something really interesting to know is how you're experiencing the current situation in Bali right now. Yeah, you know, I remember I was back in Europe for a couple of weeks uh, for Christmas. And I remember when I was sitting uh, at the airport and it was full of Chinese and, you know, travels was just happening. And I came back to Bali and uh, for a long time, like um, I would say really quite a long time, I was not really. I mean, I, I heard that there is something going on in China. However, um, and even though we have so many Chinese tourists in, in Bali, um, like life was just happening. And I also, I'm actually part-time working in Bali for now uh, as a, at the uni uh, international university. So we were, you know, I was teaching, we, it's called, it's a minor called mindful leadership. 
So uh, we had the students here from uh, mostly from Europe. And then, yeah, as you said, the world also in Bali changed like all of a sudden because the situation in uh, in Europe got more, uh, how you say, uh, kind of like um, got more severe. And then serious, all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, serious, thank you. The the university, because the mother university is in uh, Holland, like we, there's a collaboration between a local university and um and the university in Holland, and they asked all students to come back to Europe. So we needed to, we we were not allowed anymore to um, have the classes. So we needed in the, like we had, we would have had two more weeks left um, with the students and we just needed to tell them from one day to the other, you're not allowed to come to the campus anymore. You need to look for flights and go back. So this was, uh, this was quite a time. And that was also the time when I, started to realize okay it's also happening here because i had some ups and downs also worrying for my parents they're both in the high risk uh, group my especially my dad and i was in touch with my sisters and uh, my sister and friends so yeah and how do i experience the uh, the situation personally right now so i i'm still working However, I do work for home. We from home. We are preparing to offer the next minor because it always goes on for two months, and then new students would come. So we need to do everything online. So that takes quite some time to actually bring the classes who were supposed to be very interactive uh, to an online format. And also, Bali has changed significantly. I mean, I I know people who live here for a very long time, and they say Bali hasn't been as quiet in like 15 years so a lot of tourists like i would say almost all the tourists left bali there's just a few of us left and there is more strict rules now um they just uh, the government just said that you need to wear masks whenever you go out uh, but in the beginning there were still people going to the beaches and surfing and you know going out like in the beginning it felt like even though we know it's here it, i didn't see a lot of changes um, I mostly I'm staying inside for almost three weeks now, only going out for shopping. And uh, I know the beaches are closed by now. And when you actually go out, um, Bali, I live in uh, Changu, Perenan, is really like traffic is crazy. You you cannot imagine if you've never saw it. And there is mm -hmm. almost no traffic. So in this sense, life has changed. And in a way, there is a lot of solidarity going on because what's actually happening here in Bali you know you said like Austria is very calm and there is a social security system and people are having like staying inside but for a lot of local people they just lost their um their daily like um you know they lost their jobs they don't have any salary they don't have any um security system so for them it's very very hard and Bali has a very strong community culture and families live with each other like they have grandfather grandmother uh, maybe brothers, sisters, like grandchildren, maybe uncle, aunt. So they live very in the community and also like the whole culture. And uh, the whole, I'd like to call it physical distancing, not social distancing, is not really something they they can very easily adjust to. Um, so one, one way is difficulties because of the culture, but also because their living situation is just different. And uh, there is a lot of initiatives to support the hospitals because there is not a lot of material um, I also follow what's happening mm -hmm. in Jakarta. So it's, um, yeah, it's a different, it's a very, it's a different situation now in Bali than 
it used to be there was the, the Bali bubble is kind of bursted within weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's also what I wanted to ask you, like maybe for all of those who've never been to Bali, what is a normal day? What is like the normal living situation of, of tourists and locals and how has that changed currently? Oh, I think, you know, well, I was, I went out today with the bike because I needed to top up my phone and to buy some groceries. And there I still, I saw some Western people coming from the gym. So I guess depends really on how, how much you respect also what the government. And I think this is really Indonesian, the Indonesian way. It's not that, that there is not a complete lockdown, but there are advices what you should do. And uh, I think some people, I see a lot of uh, people on Facebook in the, in, there is one group who is really all about solidarity and supporting local families, especially families who have lost their income from one day to the other, you know, and are really depending on it. So to support them with food packages and everything. But there, I think there's also still people who are just, um, especially tourists who are just have this feeling they're here in a foreign country, so they can do whatever they want. Um, and this is really my personal op uh, opinion now because I sometimes see that. Um, but besides this, I would say, uh, a lot of people stay in like my, like for, I can only say for me, it's uh, what really changed is I'm not going to the university anymore. I stay home. We have several online meetings uh, during the week uh, where the team meets to kind of discuss, uh, how are you doing and what do you still need to have and how is it going uh, to prepare the classes now from classroom oriented to online, uh, and for locals, um, I just read an article uh, from someone that in Denpasar, which is the kind of like the, let's say the the main main city in in uh, in Bali, that life mm -hmm. is still going on, that there is still markets opening, and I guess it also maybe depending where uh, there's several provinces here, and so um, it has changed. However, as I'm mostly inside, it's also very hard to say, uh, you know, I don't have a full picture of it. Uh, I think there is people who are more really um, also um, supporting the staying in and just go out for the most necessary things. And besides the staying in and some other people don't or just also cannot because they still need to work. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I just wanted to mention quickly and then we're going to dive right into the the calming and challenging times is uh i love it how you say tourists do what they want and i'm sure you know a lot of you guys have heard here in tyrol we have a town called ishko and it's in the meantime became coronaville you can actually look it up on wikipedia it says ishko <laughs> coronaville and it's one of the most famous ski resorts in the world and the coronavirus spread extremely fast within ishko and you know they're blaming authorities for not reacting fast Fast enough, which might be true, possible, but there were a lot of ski resorts where that just happened. And you have all, all the tourists coming in. And I think touristy places are really just endangered more to, uh, you know, to have this virus spread so quickly. And in these, in these upper ski bars, they were playing beer pong 
And I'm like, so they play beer pong with balls and everybody puts that ball in their mouth. And I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, who does this normally? Like, this is something you shouldn't do normally, right? And I'm, I was just like, this is crazy. Of course it's spread in, you know, in a bar like that, there's, I don't know, 500 people and they're all, it's warm and they're, you know, all close together. So anyway, yeah, I think um, there's that group of tourists that just... Uh, sometimes think they can do what they want. And it also been a, a reason for why it spread quickly throughout certain areas. Yeah, I think it's, you know, Bali is very depending on the tourism and what they actually, that they decide that they kind of um, don't allow foreigners and tourists to come in anymore. So there is no uh, possibility to enter except for certain like people who have a, lo- uh, a stay permit like me because I'm working now. So they're taking more serious measures right now. And, you know, to just to, to be also very honest uh, when it comes to my part. So I'm, I'm a passionate dancer and there is a, always on Sunday mornings, there is ecstatic dance in a beautiful, beautiful place very close to where I, where I live. And I think it's only four weeks ago I was there last time. And because I already knew what's happening in Europe and talking to my parents at some point I decided okay it's maybe not the best thing to keep going to an ecstatic dance where everyone is you know sweating and just dancing and even if it's very very energizing and I never went again and I'm not even sure if it's still happening but and that's what I'm saying is like it's just a few weeks ago and it seemed like it's just not here and I guess maybe it was already here and just no one really noticed it but in the past weeks um it's really it really changed like it kind of like changed within a very short amount of time in bali here and uh it's also i think they needed to close the beaches because people you know i would love to just go for a beach walk by myself i don't think that would hurt anyone but the the problem is if it's not closed everyone wants to go and that brings back as you just said that there is going to be too many people so yeah, just to so I don't want to put a bad light on the tourists here. I think there is always people, you know, who who are actually not willing to follow any rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think everybody everybody gets that. Um, and you know, coming to to your dancing and the, the things that you do, we we all have a lot of things right now that we can't do and we're forced to being locked inside. And uh what I really am am interested to know is how you're experiencing this personally. You have such a huge background, you have so many tools that you can use and you have so much experience. So how are you coping with the situation? What does this mean to you right now? So first of all, I can say I'm still dancing because they actually offer on, uh, online ecstatic dance. You are just seeing each other dancing on the Zoom, you know, on the Zoom screen. Uh, cool. Everyone dances <laughs> in with awesome. an opening and then I just, everyone dances by themselves at home. And the music is like there is a facilitator. So I keep, I keep dancing uh, and that's really something that's a big resource. And what also really helps me, like when I talk about my personal situation is um, I, I live in a, very beautiful place we have a beautiful garden we have a pool so um it's all open so i have the fresh air i can be outside there is the sun so i don't have this i guess it's very different for a lot of people also being inside all the time so we have the chance here to be at least in the garden and to move are you still here 
I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure if the connection is still going on. I really went so silent. I was like, okay, she's still. No, here. no, it's good. No, the connection is good. And it's, um, I love it how you're, you know, when we video call, I can see that beautiful place you live in. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, oh, it would be so nice to be in a warm place. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking we really right now just have to be so thankful for what we have. I live in Thailand. Role. I have mountains around me and I'm also living in a beautiful place. I have a balcony that gives me the chance to go outside. And I have this friend in Budapest who lives in a 20 square meter apartment with his mother and his sister downtown. And they're literally going crazy, you know? And then again, you think there's much worse than that too. There's people that don't even have a home. So um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but just a short little insight that I think that is so important right now is gratitude and just being thankful for what you have, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think that's a very big one. The gratitude. It's also to, you know, when I, I'm in the country where also like a lot of people like healthcare wouldn't say is very advanced here. So there is a lack of everything, I guess, in the hospitals right now, because there's a lot of initiatives to actually support and like with masks and like, they were very inventive with diving in structures. They, so, but I have a home and I, I actually, I'm actually also, you know, I'm so lucky. I, I, I have a job here. Like it's a part, it's a part-time assignment, but I, I work and I still, I still work and I still get paid. And there's a lot of people who are not paid anymore and actually would need the money very much. So mm-hmm. gratitude, I think practicing gratitude in these times of adversity is a very, very big one. And I think it's also for me, a I'm very used to be by myself and alone and, you know, I have, my days are structured because I have work to do and um, I have calls to do. So that gives me a certain structure. However, it's also, I'm also very used to if I like not doing all the time and just allowing also to just maybe move from the always doing and get distracted to the being. And I guess that's also something that might help in such times that we allow ourselves to just drop this. I need to do this and this and this and this, or just getting also getting caught up in the, in worst case scenarios and this, you know, I'm locked in and I, I cannot go even go for a walk and how long is this going to take and what's the outcome? Because we just don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's very hard to know at the moment for me. It's, uh, it's also not always easy for myself. I just have my tools to kind of balance it. So I guess a very, uh, like a capacity we all have in us as humans that just comes right away for me is like focusing and remembering our capacity for resilience. So this capacity that is in all of us uh, to bounce back from difficult experiences, because I guess everyone who is listening to this podcast have has had other difficult situations in their life and to remember what helped and to... I guess also everyone has their own tools or maybe strategies to be in this with themselves. Um, I'm happy to give a bit more of what I think can, uh, can support people to stay present, calm and grounded. But I guess uh, we also know best what actually helps us. And I would also say keep the faith. Uh, that's something I 
tell myself because there is also me you know i don't really know when i can go back to europe how will the 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 you know like it feels like all airports are kind of like locked and will the airlines fly again and when is this going to be but keeping this weight um that it's going to pass we don't really know when and we all know i i studied like you know i did my university studies like 20 years ago and like one my, like one when it was eco- economics and i also see there is there might be consequences of all the lockdown now and then. Uh, but uh, to just worry about what's going to be in the future uh, i guess it's there is worry and there is anxiety i guess in a lot of us uh, that's uh, i guess also important to acknowledge i believe it's very important to net to not get caught up in it like all the time and all the time and all the time because then it actually manifest in your body and once it's even more in your body then it's very hard to find relaxation in the situation yes absolutely absolutely i think anxiety can affect our body so much and you know i've had my episodes of anxiety as well even in this situation even as much as you have uh, a certain spiritual practice but i think for everybody it's just trauma can it sneaks back up on you if you haven't really resolved things, if you haven't worked through them. Uh, you have anxiety either way. But if you have a certain practice that you can follow, it's just much easier to get out of it. And it's it's it does so much to your body, right? Your vision changes. You have the feeling you are so stuck. You can't get out of things. And, um, yeah, so that's one part. That's the anxiety part. And I love how you say fate because it is, it is true as hope and fate is what has brought humanity through so many challenging times. And it's what we see on, on Facebook right now and um, generally on social media is, um, just, you know, stay at home. Our grandparents went to world war. All we have to do is sit on a couch. But quite frankly, this is probably one of the most challenging things for people right now, because we're so used to being overstimulated by everything in our life and our world. And it's, uh, it's just very challenging from an emotional side. So what are, what are your tips to, for personally dealing with, with these difficult times? Can you give us some insights on your tools and techniques? Yeah, well, you just, uh, you just mentioned, uh, the, and there is also, you know, if you don't have your own practice, uh, practice right now, there is a lot of online offers you can look up. I mean, even you talk in your podcast, you offer guided meditation. So I would say like yoga, qigong, guided meditations, pranayama can be very, very supportive in these kind of times. But also I would say, depending on what's your, as I said it again, what's your preference? Like I would say, even though we kind of need to be in this physical distancing to connect with friends and family virtually. So if the, if you feel too isolated and it's just getting too much being with yourself and instead of just looking at your screen and on your, at your phone all the time, because I also need to be careful myself, uh, connect with friends and family virtually. And that's in, in a way a contradiction because the only way to connect with them would be through the phone or um, over the laptop. Uh, but it's different when you talk to someone like we are talking right now or when I talk to my sister and I actually see her or my parents as I did the other day instead of just um, flipping to Facebook and you know there is so much there is so much in the media now um, it, it's like a flood and that's that's what we that's the new normal that there is a flood but now it feels like it's really and there is contradictory information and there is a lot of numbers and 
I'm not saying it's not valid. However, I like for me, it's very important that I take breaks, that I don't spend all day looking at my phone and reading the news and especially on Facebook, even the comments. So to really take a break from time to time also from media and social media. And I think it's also like, you know, find ways to express your creativity. Maybe it's not something that feels very natural to you. It's maybe an invitation to try it out. Drawing or intuitive writing is a very beautiful way to also let go of nagging thoughts, you know, who keep like coming up and coming up to just write them down and don't really, don't write something you you know don't think too much just put words out on on the paper even if they don't my even if it's not even sentences but just write cooking can can be for some people very um, calming and grounding and creative i would say music is a big support as well um whatever kind of music you like yeah that's mm-hmm. what comes to me Yeah, journaling is so powerful. I think people sometimes underestimate it and overrate it in the same time. I think that it's so powerful if you just simply put your thoughts onto paper, how you actually release them from your mind. It's We think that it's such a complicated process to do journaling. And actually, it isn't that difficult. It's just you have to have a thought and recognize it and put it on paper. And just by doing that, you're actually releasing releasing this fear and thought in a way out of your body um yeah but it's uh it's very true what you're saying and i talked with a friend yesterday who told me that you know it's so hard for me to stay present and calm in my meditations because right now i'm working on a meditation guide for the member area and i i asked her what are your challenges because she just started to meditate a couple of weeks ago when this whole thing started and she's um a very yellow personality i'm talking in personality codes but yellow people are very bubbly bubbly happy people that have a lot of energy and they're always doing something and they're jumping around and they're generally very happy and fun and that that is great but right now it can just be so challenging for them and they can't stay present and she was like you know veronica the hardest thing for me is that I can't really focus on my meditation for longer than three minutes. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the mistake, right? You shouldn't be focusing on anything. That's, that's exactly the whole point and how difficult it is to, to get there if you haven't done it. On the other hand, how powerful it can be if you really commit to it and do it every day. And she's somebody that works out a lot. And I said, you know, honey, you have to see it like a plank. The first day you do a plank, you'll be able to hold it for five seconds. And the second day, you'll be able to hold it for 15 seconds. And in a week, you'll be able to hold it for 30 seconds. And it's kind of the same thing when you start uh, diving into meditation and other spiritual practices. You just slowly get better at it. Um, so what do you, I mean, how do you see this? What do you think? How can we stay present and calm right now in the best way? Yeah, just to when you talk about your friend, I think, you know, three minutes is a start. And if she is this kind of bubbly person, there is also when she could, there is a 
such called active meditations from Osho, for example. There is a beautiful one called the Kundalini meditation where you have four stages and the first stage is you're doing shaking and then you dance and then there is uh, some music and at the end you go, you allow yourself to lay down, be quiet. So for some people it might be very challenging. I guess that that's the biggest step for everyone who starts some kind of a meditation practice and then also yoga because in yoga if you don't go for the workout yoga like but if you maybe like stay connected with your breathing and present and you do slow movement like yin yoga becomes much more popular that's also a, a form of like bringing more relaxation into your body and uh, you you said it very correctly to your friend it's i think meditation is for me it needed a, i have a daily silent practice and it needed a lot of discipline to to stay with it and i the, the benefits you really get is when you do it daily when you have a, a routine and to find the practice there is apps that can support you you can go for guided meditation that might help people who are maybe also not like very comfortable with silence in the beginning that can be you know that can be very challenging for some of us too because who you meet when you start meditating just yourself and above all you meet your freaking jumping mind you know yeah so that's uh, what was your question i kind of lost <laughs> did i answer your question or did i, I yeah, think no. it feels like i got lost <laughs> No, that's okay. That's what we do in podcasts. We just get, we just get lost. And I just wanted to add something and then I'll come back to my question. It actually in the beginning, you know, I remember it is so challenging and it can be so difficult. I, oh my, I meditated the first time, I think uh, eight years ago, seven. I'm not even, I don't even remember. Maybe it's been a little bit longer. And I remember I was in this, um, I went into this fasting retreat center. It's kind of funny because I'm fasting right now too. And there was this meditation at six o'clock in the morning where I already wanted to kill myself, right? I was like, really six? Seriously? I thought I'm coming here like on a relax, you know? So, and there were all, all these people sitting uh, sitting in a circle and he's like just let your mind flow and I'm sitting there and my hands are like shaky and my feet are shaky and I don't know what to do with myself and I'm like oh my god this is so difficult I can't do this and he's like breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out and just go with your breath and my mind is going nuts it's just going crazy and it was just such an advanced meditation that I was not ready for that so I, I love that you're you know telling us about these active meditation techniques because it actually is what helps you to slowly get into these routines and uh and the most important thing is, it's just that you're really kind to yourself. This has to be something that feels good. This spiritual practice has to be something that gives you comfort and that feels good and where you can feel safe to work through inner blocks and shouldn't be something you want to add on to yourself. And, you know, I think so many people right now are like, oh, I have to, I have to meditate now. I have to do a spiritual practice because I need to calm myself down. And that's the only thing that's going to help me. <laughs> um Coming back to what I wanted to ask you, and I think, I mean, you answered it in a, uh, pretty much you answered the question is how that we can stay present and calm. Is there anything you can, you can add to that? 
I just want to make more, more comment. When you said about your experience just now, I remember when I did my first silence retreat and I also fasted. Uh, it was for five days. And I was also, I wanted to escape. Like it was so, it was so confronting to just be with myself and with my mind. And, but it was also the, the, the first silence retreat that changed everything for me it was such a profound experience. So, um, yeah, just because you said, I think it's uh, when you start meditating, the beginning is all you, being kind as you said and also not putting any pressure on you it's it's it should be something that give it a try and if it's not working don't give up just do it again and again and again and i'm almost sure it gets easier we saw this with our students so uh, they also started and most of them that have never done any kind of meditation and they needed to talk about it in vlogs and it really that you could listen to them like as more they practiced as more they started feeling the benefits of it but mm. what else uh, your question is what else to helps us to stay calm so even though everything that's happening is happening to really don't buy into the panic and fear too much like even this even if this might sound uh, not easy for uh, for all of us but really to because our mind is such a powerful tool and so strong in just creating, as I said, like all these worst case scenarios. And when you get very much caught up in them, and uh, this is really possible, I, as, especially as you also said, you know, some people even like uh, getting claustrophobic, just speak inside out all, all the time. And I would say what really helps is when you just focus on bringing yourself back to where you are right now, just right now maybe you're sitting on the sofa maybe you're standing in your apartment in the kitchen you're having your cup in your hand you just you're about to do a coffee like and connecting with your body like feeling your feeling your feet uh, feeling your legs uh, connecting with your breathing even if the breathing is um, shallow or fast or whatever but really focusing on how is my breath doing what kind of sensations do i feel what kind of sounds maybe are going on and like allowing yourself to realize I'm in my apartment and I'm safe and I'm okay. And mm -hmm. what I just um, had going on is just happening in my mind. So as I'm very close to Asia and I've been traveling a lot in Asia, I've been to India several times and uh, to other countries and I think in the West, we have a tendency, we, we tend to control, we want to know, we want to be safe, we want to kind of like have everything under control and knowing what's going to happen next. And dealing with uncertainty is not really, I mean, you know, I'm Swiss, like there is, of course, uncertainty in Switzerland too, but usually it's pretty safe, like how life flows or goes on. And I would say in the Asian culture, that's what I learned from Asian cultures. They have a different approach. And there is actually a Buddhist saying uh, who actually says, relax, nothing is under control. And I don't want to deny that there is people really struggling with the situation, but sometimes it really helps to just also realize this is going to pass. It's a difficult situation and it never happened like this before in our perception, especially not in, in, in my life and I guess in many other lives um, either. But there is going to be a time after this and we all don't really know how this is going to look, but it's going to be a time after it and it's hopefully going to be okay. And I actually uh, wrote to a friend of mine 
um, who is in India the other day, he I met him in Bali. If he can imagine that we will have a coconut again at the beach someday and, you know, listening to the ocean and enjoying the sun and actually talking about how much the world has changed to the better. And he responded, mm -hmm. yes, so let's hope. Maybe there is really also something good in all this craziness going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Such a nice, nice thought. Um, what, so, you know, thinking about that, what other chances do you see in this crisis for us? I don't have a crystal ball, you know, and I think it's, I can only maybe just share my personal perception, uh, being the, the woman with, um, what I keep hoping for. I don't know if you know, I guess, you know, we all know the song from, uh, John Lennon, Imagine, and also mm. Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson has this heal, heal the world. So there is a part of me who hopes that even though it's such a challenging time for so many countries, so many people, and especially the ones who don't have, you know, any security right now. And, um, because I also know in India, it's, you know, lockdown means for a lot of people, they just don't have any money anymore and they don't really know how to eat. And that's, so I still, I still, I'm still a dreamer and I still hope that times like this might open up something in humankind that we are actually kinder with each other and that it's not going to be the opposite, um, but that this crisis, because we are all in it, that this will result in more solidarity. And I actually see this already happening. So there were a lot of, um, shares also on Facebook and that countries might support each other on a different level and yeah so mm -hmm. maybe and I'm seeing the beauty I hope. no yes. I yeah and just seeing the beauty of it and as I mentioned in the beginning is being thankful and um you know for me it's really being thankful for all these wonderful people that I have in my life, one of them being you, that we have people that have all these beautiful experiences. And it's not like we don't know how to deal with the situation. Of course, it's new and we have to adapt, but we have we have a lot of people that have experience that have done a lot of deep work. Just looking at the emotional side of it, you know, that's just our field. Um, and one other thing I, I was curious about, is there any any success stories that you have experienced with breath work and meditation practices that uh, you could share with us today and give some people hope that are, that are completely new to this practice? Yes, of course I can. Uh, I would just like to add something to what we just discussed before. I think I really see a lot of potentiality in this because people are as you said it too, like we are in, we are staying in and some of us might not work or we have more time to go inwards. You know, I think this is really a chance for a lot of us to go more inwards and to connect more with ourselves and to not get distracted all the time. And that actually brings me to uh, your uh, other question. So I'm not really sure if I would say like success stories, but what I can say, I did my first breathwork in 2008 with the teacher of the teacher I did my training with and it was a four-day 
four days workshop. And I remember it was so challenging in the beginning because I felt, you know, so much activated in my in my system, like so much anger. And I also did a full year of dance dance therapy. It was a holistic self exploring self development year um she runs her she runs her own school i think she still does it it's called uh, starfire mountain college and i did this actually in the same year i did that breath workshop so this was like starting to in involve my like the body uh so i would say my personal story is is for me the example like how much can change if we I would say it needs a lot of courage, but also dedication and this this um, this knowing that it's not going to be easy when you start working with breath work. And also, you just said the experience of your friend. You know, also meditation. Like we are challenged on so many levels uh, because all these, or not all, uh, most of these practices have, in a way, one aim, and that's to reconnect yourself with yourself, and especially also your body and your emotions. And breathwork is one way to really do this. Um, to because the way you breathe and if with the guidance, it it's connected with like how the nervous system works. So we have a tendency to not really focus on our breathing because we are used to breathe like it just like we just breathe you know and also like meditation pranayama yoga um all these qigong like a lot of these practices are really combined with the breathing so you're focusing you start focusing on the breathing and that changes and the as as less we focus on the breathing and it then come it kicks and anxiety kicks in and our nervous system is not balanced anymore and we are we have a tendency to breathe more uh, shallowly in the chest and not in the belly anymore and this activates the fight flight so we got like there is tension in our body and our gut gets tensed and we have this feeling of restlessness and maybe even the feeling of anxiety that we are not able to breathe anymore and breath work is one way to balance this out to also help yourself to release tension um, like physical tension muscle tension myofascial tension emotional tension that is really hold in your system and you might not even be that aware of it so that i think that's something i learned being on this path with myself and like diving into all these practices and techniques is the moment you start you have you're in a specific condition and that's normal that's your normal at that moment and the more you allow yourself to explore the more you will be fascinated how much more you actually can feel and how much more you actually can uh, and feel not just in the sense of emotions but also sensations within your body and that was that was pretty amazing and of course I saw with my private clients when I do one-to-one sessions and also in my trainings and other retreats I attended it's 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 not just amazing but it was also very moving to see how many breakthroughs actually I observed or we observed within groups mm-hmm. thanks to breathwork and meditation yeah it is so beautiful and so such a in a way easy technique but in a way it isn't but it's so nice to see how 
how much it can change in somebody's life. That's really beautiful. And I think that's how we just have to look at this crisis and take the change as something positive and look forward to a better future. Yeah. And I think, you know, I write this also on my website. I think breath, breathing is life. Like the moment we breathe in when we are born and we breathe out when we leave and in between life happens. And I would say none of these practices or techniques techniques is in the sense easy uh, i think the moment you start yourself to you allow yourself to start practicing whatever you decide to even if it's uh, some sort of counseling you start you know it doesn't need to be like this big um this uh, that you go like all of a sudden for everything but i would say like having a holistic approach and even if in such a time, I would like to make me mention this as well. If people really, really struggle, reach out for help. There is a lot of people certified and or not certified, but find someone you can talk to, even if it's online, because um, I uh, having my own story, I really take that serious. Like it, it can be overwhelming for some of us. So reach out. Don't maybe don't even have this feeling you need to do it all by yourself just because you're locked in, but reach out. Yes, absolutely. And that is why we do what we do. That is why we, we try to be here for everybody. Yes. Um, so I think that's a beautiful way of wrapping up this podcast. I'm, I'm very glad that we got some background noise. <laughs> I was really hoping, I was really hoping for some, some Bali background noise and we got some. Um, we recorded this podcast through Skype. Uh, so please forgive us for any audio quality issues. Uh, I'm going to try to make it sound perfect. And thank you, Anisha, so much for being here today with me. It was, uh, it was so, so great to have you as a guest. And is there anything you would like to add to that as an ending statement? Yes, I just want to say we discussed that, you know, we don't want to talk for too long, but I just look at the clock and I think we actually talked for quite some time. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all uh, for tuning in. This was first podcast of season two and we kicked off a good season. Uh, send your requests to office at summertalent.com if you have any questions and reach out to livingyourquest.com for further information about Anisha's services. We really hope this served you. Stay safe and remember you're loved and you're awesome.